doing a lot of activities over the month of May. For, but for those of you all who don't know me, uh, my name's Marvin Williams Jr. And uh, over the past month, um, as many of you all know, I preached at CCV, Capital City Vineyard, uh, preached on the priesthood, you know how I do. <laughs> um, so preached on that, that was early May, and then the weekend after that, went to the Send in Kansas City, which was incredible. Um, and then at the weekend after that, went to Nebraska. You may say, what's in Nebraska? And I would say, good question. Um, <laughs> a, good, a, good friend, a good friend of mine. I know th that's the only state of people that I know that they brag that they have more cows than people legitimately in the state. <laughs> they, every, like, they love to tell me that. They love to tell me that. So, no, but I was visiting a really good friend in Nebraska. And actually this past weekend I had a birthday. I just turned 25. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, so a lot of a lot of activity, a lot of transitions happening and uh, many of you all might have heard this and this is probably the major transition. Um, but many of you all know that Garrett Anderson is getting married and moving to Holland and he was a teacher at Lansing Christian uh, and he was a, he was a high school Bible teacher and as he as he's going there the uh, position was open and kind of like a swirl of activity was happening and the Lord was kind of speaking and leading and all of these things and the door opened wide open for me to fill that position. And so this coming fall, I will actually be Lansing Christian's new high school Bible teacher. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's, it's pretty exciting. And that doesn't mean I'm like, you know, like up and leaving and going away or anything like that. I'm still be around. It's just what I do during the day will be a little bit different. Um, so you'll see, you'll still see me here at Sunday mornings and then the Wednesday night prayer gatherings. But um, it was actually really exciting to, to think. And as I was asking and talking to the Lord all this time, um, one of the things that I was, I was like really, I was really hesitant in stepping forward in that direction but I believe the Lord is saying, you know, we, the, work is, the work is begun at Michigan State, and it's also now time for the work to begin in, in high schools, that the Lord would revive high schools and that we would see a whole generation of people that would love the Bible, that would love God, that would love Jesus with their whole heart. And I think, I think, I think that's the work that the Lord is inviting me into. And it was actually kind of crazy just how the door opened wide open, and I just, it was just like one of those things where I just had to step right through. And so it was just, it was, so it's, 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 it's exciting. It's a little bit different, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Lord will do this coming fall. So anyway, I'll still be involved to a certain extent with the campus ministry, and I'll obviously still be involved here. Um, just what I do during the day will be a little bit different. But just wanted to give you all just a little life update of what's going on and the things that are happening. And just to let you all know that the Lord is on the move and that he is working in our city. And it's so, so exciting. And I'm just glad that we as a spiritual family get to be a part of it. And, uh, and I believe that we're on the precipice, we're on the cusp of a move of the Holy Spirit that is beyond anything we could think or imagine. And this is what we're also talking about today. Uh, as many of you all know, I love to have notes in front of me and have, to know, have you all pass out notes. And today we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, this is something that for me personally, you might be like me, 
um, that I didn't grow up actually knowing about this at all until it actually happened to me. <laughs> it, until it happened to me unannounced. Um, and, and it's been one of my joys uh, to when, I've, when I've gone to Moody Bible Institute to talk to people about this and to actually um, help people shift their paradigm of uh, the activity and the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. So anyway, today, this is what we're going to be touching on this. I'm not going to be going super in-depth, but today is just to stir hunger, whether this is something that's completely brand new to you or if you've already known um, about this, is that there's always more to be had in God in the Holy Spirit. And it says, uh, Jesus says in Luke 11, he talks about, you know, the Father will give more of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. And so today is a day to stir our hunger for more, to stir our hunger for more of God in the Holy Spirit. So before we hop right into it, I'm just going to pray, and then we're just going to uh, go for it and see, and see what the Lord does. So yeah, Jesus, we come before you saying thank you. Thank you that you went through everything that you went through on the earth, Lord, that you, um, the immaculate conception, Lord, that you lived a sinless life, that you died on the cross for our sins, that, Lord, that you were resurrected and ascended, and in your ascension, you released the grace, Lord, for us to receive the Holy Spirit. So God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you would give us a hunger for more. Lord, that you would give us and touch uh, our hearts Touch our spirits, Lord, with a hunger for more of God in the Holy Spirit. So we say yes and amen, Lord, to everything that you're doing, not only in our city, but in this spiritual family. And so we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm just picking up in the introduction. And the, this, is, this is what I write here, is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a biblical promise and a prominent doctrine within the charismatic and Pentecostal church describing an experience at times subsequent to salvation in which, and this is, the, this is the key phrase here, in which God endows the believer or clothes the believer with power for witness and ministry. Now, this is, this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, when I say power, what I'm talking about is walking in the supernatural, signs, wonders, miracles, power for holiness, the fire of divine love in our hearts so that as we go out, as we go out to be ministers of the gospel, that people are impacted, that people are touched, recognizing that our, our ministry is not in and of ourselves, but it is with in, uh, in accordance and in agreement with the work of the Holy Spirit. And so when, we, so when, we're, when we're moving, you know, like when Peter stands up and he preaches the gospel after the disciples are baptized in the Holy Spirit, that he stands up and he preaches and that message pierces 3,000 to the heart and in a moment, 3,000 are added to the church. And so we're talking about power for ministry, power for the witness of the gospel to go forth. That when we open our mouths to preach the gospel, when we open our mouths to declare the mystery and the majesty of Christ Jesus, that people are moved in a supernatural way. For those who haven't known Christ to know Christ and enter in to the kingdom, not to say that, you know, that, um, that people who, you know, 
uh, haven't ascribed to this or whatever. I don't, I don't know all the words. And this is also one of the other parts is that I personally don't know everything about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I'm standing up here and I, I mean, I don't think anybody does, but there are some biblical observations that we can look at that actually show that this is a reality in the kingdom of God, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that is, uh, that is a truth, a biblical truth. And, uh, and I, I grew up more so in like a non-denominational, non-denominational church with more so of a Baptist bent. And there, were, there wasn't a lot of conversations around and about who the Holy Spirit is. And I think it's really important that we just touch on first and foremost who the Holy Spirit is. And many people, you know, growing up, I've, I've heard a lot of people reference the Holy Spirit as an it. But that is uh, incorrect because the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is, according to orthodox and biblically sound Christianity, the Holy Spirit is fully God, the third person of the Trinity. And so the Holy Spirit is not an it, he is a person. The Holy Spirit is fully God. And uh, whenever, this is an observation, a biblical observation of the Old Testament and the New Testament, and this is still paragraph A, And this is whenever the spirit would move upon a person in the Old Testament, we would see this, you know, throughout like the the life of Samson or the life of David, that when the Holy Spirit would come upon a person, they would prophesy, but then they would also have power for their assignment. That they would have power to do the thing that the Lord commissioned them to do. And this is the point that uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit emphasizes. Is that when a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit, is that they now have supernatural power on their life to go to do the assignment and to fulfill the commission that the Lord has given them to do. With the power as they go forward and witness for Christ. And in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, the Spirit dwells inside the believer and upon the believer for full life in God. So, the, and, and this, is, this, is the, this is who the Holy Spirit is. And this is really important to recognize that as we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about being immersed in the life and the power of the third person of the Trinity, that we would live a supernatural life, that we would have power for holiness, that we would have the fire of divine love resonating on the inside of us, and that we would, as we go forward and as we preach the gospel, that there would be power on the words that we speak and the power on our life. So this is now moving to paragraph B, and we're picking up with the life of John the Baptist. And in the life of John the Baptist, whose ministry it was to baptize the masses. You know, you could imagine this man, you know, he's in camel's hair. He has, you know, this belt of leather and all that stuff. He's eating, you know, locusts and honey and all of these, just this wild guy. And people would traverse all throughout the wilderness to come see this man, John the Baptist. And, you know, you, people would be traveling miles and miles and miles to come see John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist gets all the people there, you know, he 
he's, he was known as the Baptist, the baptizer. He would be dunking people in water for repentance. And as he had the attention of all of Israel, he would stand up and he'd say, there is one that's coming that has a greater baptism. There is one that's coming that will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. And he, so, you know, he has the attention of all of Israel and his, his ministry and his mission was to point people to the baptizer, the greater baptizer, and his name is Jesus Christ. Is that that his ministry as the Baptist and as the as a forerunner was to point people to Jesus, the greater baptizer, the one who would come and baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. And do you know that Jesus is described in all four gospel accounts as the baptizer? In all four accounts, he's described as the baptizer of the Holy Spirit, the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. So John's baptism was with water for repentance. Jesus's baptism is with the Holy Spirit for power and witness in ministry. And uh, I, have a, I have a few disclaimers here in, um, in, in this handout because there's a lot. Sometimes when, when I was first discovering the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there were a lot of different uh, misconceptions and a lot of different things that I ran into that just weren't biblically sound or like people would un- misinterpret what it was. And so disclaimer number one about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit does not seal one's salvation. Is that this is a, this is a popular misconception is that those who believe in Jesus receive the indwelling Holy Spirit and are sealed by him for the day of redemption. And so this is, an, so what I'm talking about is an experience, and like I said in the introduction, at times, and this is what happened to me, subsequent to salvation or after salvation, in which I encounter more of God in the Holy Spirit uh, in, in this way. And so I'll, I'll describe a little bit more of what this is like, and I'll, I'll show it biblically in this next point here. And this is paragraph C, is Pentecost, is that after Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to his disciples and gave them and breathed upon them, giving them the indwelling Holy Spirit. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, turn with me to John chapter 20, verse 22. And this is, this is the passage for me, and these, are the, this is the, these were the two scriptures for me when I was first discovering, when I was first uncovering um, this, this truth, this biblical truth, that I was really touched. My heart was really wooed and swayed. I was like, wow, I see it in the Bible. And this is what it says in John chapter 20, verse 22. Um, and I'll, I'll start actually in verse 19, and we'll, we'll land on verse 22. It says this, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, uh, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, uh, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, I'm reading in the King James, peace be unto you. And so just to set up the context of this passage is that this is actually the week of Jesus's resurrection. So this is like, this is, I think, I, I think if I have it right, that uh, this is like the day of or the day after his resurrection. Okay, so immediately after Jesus's resurrection, he comes and he stands in the midst of his disciples, in the midst of the disciples, and he says, peace be unto you. 
picking up in verse 20, it says, And when he, when he had so said, he shewed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And so, and then he goes on and, dis, and talks to them a little bit more. Now, turn with me just a p- couple pages over probably to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8 we'll read. And this is what, it, so in John chapter 20, in John chapter 20, Jesus comes and stands in the midst of the presence of his disciples and he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so they receive the Holy Spirit in that moment. Now, some, some weeks later, before Jesus is about to ascend to the Father, this is what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, uh, that is put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so when I read this, I, I I was kind of stunned because I recognized that Jesus, immediately after his resurrection, comes to his disciples, breathes on them, and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then some weeks later, I asked the question, I said, well, if they received the Holy Spirit in that moment, why, why because of some weeks later, would he say, tarry a little bit longer for the promise to come upon you of the Holy Spirit? And this is disclaimer number two is that though the disciples already had the Holy Spirit dwelling in their hearts, or they were born again, Jesus knew that they needed power to complete the task that they were giving in preaching the gospel to the entire globe. And and so, therefore, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is primarily for power to witness for Christ, like I mentioned a little bit earlier. And so, so, in this moment, Jesus is saying, you all need power to go out and preach and declare the gospel. To, you need power to go um, and, and be a witness for me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and all of the earth. And so this, this moment happened, and we all know the Acts 2 account, and when that mighty rushing wind came in the upper room, and those tongues of fire came upon and descended upon the, the disciples, and they were speaking in other tongues, and all of these, all of these different, and signs and wonders followed. And, they, and Peter stands up, preaches the gospel, and we just see the church born, and, and all of these uh, uh, supernatural workings of the Holy Spirit happening. And then paragraph D is that the apostles, it, it, or talking about the apostles, that as the gospel spread, many people only knew of John's baptism of repentance, 
Therefore, the apostles, they would go to where the gospel was received to lay their hands upon new believers that they may receive the Holy Spirit. And we see this in Acts 8, and we also see this in Acts chapter 19. And then I just want to touch on disclaimer number three, um, because what I really want to do is just touch on my, my personal experience and how this kind of came on me kind of unexpectedly. Is that Jesus, and just disclaimer number three, is that Jesus alone is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Is that humans... We do not have the power to bring forth this experience, but we can pray in agreement with the work that Jesus desires to do and is already doing, that we must have humility in this. Um, because, you know, I've ran in circles before and been, in, been around, you know, some events where people would come, you know, lay hands on people. And, you know, you, know, you like do all the, you know, you have like some dramatic stuff. And I'm not saying that can't happen. But what I'm saying is that we do not have the power in and of ourselves to bring forth and to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. But Jesus, as declared by John the Baptist, is that he is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. Is that Jesus is the one who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit and fire. And so we have to have humility, but we can stand in agreement. We can stand in agreement and ask the Lord to do the work that he wants to do and is already doing. And then this is the last point that I want to end on here is, is uh, paragraph E, is being filled. Is that many charismatic and Pentecostal churches believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we even see it here biblically, is that to be a secondary experience, which can be true. And we see this in Acts 19 and also the passages that we read from John 20 to Acts uh, 1 and 2. But then also biblically, this experience can happen, uh, be simultaneous to salvation or in salvation when people step in. And we see this in Acts 10 with Cornelius and, uh, you know, the Gentile church and all that being in uh, the Gentiles receiving the Holy Spirit as well. And there is also biblical evidence that points towards many feelings of the Holy Spirit. We see that in Acts 4, Acts 13. Paul talks about uh, to it in a certain facet in Ephesians chapter 5. And this is where I land in disclaimer number 4. Is that it is essential to hold matters of the Holy Spirit loosely, yet theologically sound, lest we quench his work. That no theology fully describes the person and work of the Holy Spirit, but that there is always more of God in the Holy Spirit. And so today, as we're just kind of going through this account and, these, and uh, this pattern that we see here biblically, and like I said in the beginning, I, I, you know, I just turned 25, so it's like I don't know everything about the Holy Spirit, and I don't think anybody really does. But <laughs> because he's infinite in glory and beauty because he's fully God, but our hunger and our appetite can be stirred for more. Is that just because, just because, you know, and, and for me, I've received, you know, it's like I've had, a, I've had I'm going to talk about my experience and how this actually came upon me. Um, but in the same way, many of us here are familiar with this, and some of us here are, may, may not be familiar with it, but the truth of the matter is, is that the Father will not deny a person who is hungry for more of him in the Holy Spirit. That's really what I'm trying to get at today, is that everything that we want in God is available in the Holy Spirit. 
And Jesus says it in Luke 11. And actually, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn there because I just want to read that because it's so important that we that we check it out. So if you want to turn to Luke 11 with me, and then I'll just touch on my personal experience, and then we'll um, and then we'll pray for anybody who is hungry for more of God and the Holy Spirit. And this is what it says in um, in Luke chapter 11, and uh, I'll just read verse 10 to 13, but chapter, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13 really describes a lot of it. But I'll just read 10 to, 11, or 10 to 13. It says this, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? So if you have a hunger today for more of God in the Holy Spirit, it's available. If you have a hunger for more of God in the Holy Spirit, it is available. And I want to just touch on my personal experience on how this happened to me. Because, like I, like I said in the beginning, I grew up in a non-denominational church with more so of a Baptist bent. And we, and we didn't really talk a ton. There wasn't a ton uh, of talk around or conversation around who the person of the Holy Spirit is. And so, uh, and I remember I, when, I was, when I was in high school, the Lord called me to do a Bible study. And that was a, it, was a, it was a true movement of the Holy Spirit. We have kids, we had kids getting saved, you know, leaders being raised up, you know, young leaders, all that stuff. But after three years of doing this Bible study, I was completely burnt out. I was completely trapped on pornography, like the whole thing. Like I, I was just in such a deep, dark place in life. And I remember I was, just, I was just in one of the darkest pits just you could be. And I was, you know, freshman year, sophomore year of college. I didn't know what was going on and all of these different things. And I remember um, after, you know, having, you know, talked to my youth pastor, repenting and all of these things. And I was just, I, I was just kind of, you know, down in the dumps kind of. But I received an invitation from a family. They said, hey, we're going to this conference in Kansas City called One Thing. They said, they said, they said, they said, do you want to, do you want to join? You all, you all know where this is going. And so, so they said, do you want to join us? And I was like, you know what? All I'm doing is, you know, I was a janitor at the time. I was like, all I'm doing is cleaning toilets, playing video games. I might as well do something fun, you know, go to Kansas City. So, so on, the, on the way there, I'm just really excited. And I'm like, man, I'm just so excited to encounter God or, you know, just pray or whatever. They just told me it was a prayer and worship conference. That's all they told me. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, I'll go. And so on, this, on, on the way to, this, uh, to Kansas City, I'm really excited. And we get there. And we get to Kansas City. I had never heard of IHOP. I had never heard of one thing. I had never been to Kansas City before. And we, you know, we stepped there and the atmosphere was just, I, I had never been in an environment like that. And at first, you know, the first worship song, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, Jesus. But then after a while, I'm like, these people are still going. Like, they're, like, they're still worshiping Jesus, like, for an hour. And, I, you know, like, like as the, the first day went by and I was like, yeah, that was great. 
the second day comes around and I'm completely irritated because I'm like, these people just keep worshiping Jesus. I'm like, you know, I was like, like we're, I'm just used to the, I'm just used to the, you know, one or two songs that you get the word and then you go and just do, do, do life and you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, these people just keep worshiping Jesus. Misty Edwards speaks, she worships. And I'm like, man, and I'm like, I, I'm to the point in this, in this conference that I'm like, I, like, I use the word, I don't mean it, but I was like, I just hated everybody because I was so irritated that everybody was just so in love with Jesus. And I was like, I was, and then but I realized that as people were worshiping, these were people my age. I was like 19 at the time, and they were just giving everything to Jesus. And I realized in that moment, I was like, wow. I was like, these people have something I do not have. And I and I was I was so longing for whatever they had, and so I remember there was a, so I remember by the end of the second day of the conference, like I didn't even get like it wasn't just, I, it wasn't even midway through the conference. It was the second day or the first full day. I remember going at the end of the day. It was like maybe 10, 11 o'clock. I go to the prayer room, and I I'm just I, you know I, I don't know anything that's going on. And I, you know, just go into a row, and there's nobody five rows in front of me, nobody five rows behind me, nobody in my lane to the right or to the left. I'm just there by myself in the back. And I just remember being in such a desperate and a hungry place. And it, it, was, it was, you know, it was like one of those cries from in, from in here. It wasn't just, oh, God, you know, I just need something. But it was from deep, I was provoked. And all I, all, I just remember saying this. I just said, Lord. Whatever these people have, I want it. And immediately, like this power comes on me. I'm knocked back in my seat and I'm caught up in a vision in a moment. And in this vision, because one of the things that I remember saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't see you rightly. Like, I don't, see, I don't see you the way that I ought to see you. And I remember asking the Lord, like, this, please, I, I, I want this to be changed. I want something different. I want something more. I hunger and I'm thirsting for more, God. And I'm in this desperate, deep place in my life. Would you come and show me who you are? And, and you, so all of a sudden, this power comes on me. I'm knocked back in my seat. And I'm in the middle of this vision. And in this vision... I'm strapped to this surgery table. Like, there's, like, three straps around me. And, and it's, you know, it's kind of strange because Jesus, in this vision, was a waiter. And he had, like, the towel and he had a silver platter. And he came, he came into this surgery room, uh, it, you know, three times with a silver platter in his hand. The first time he opened the silver platter, and uh, the, the first time he opened it, it was, um, I think, it was like a new heart or something like that. And then the second time he comes into the room, it was a new foot. <laughs> and then the, the third time he comes into the room, it, he opens it, and it's a, new, it's a new brain. It's a new mind. And I remember, I, you know, this is my first vision that I've ever had in my life. So I'm like, I'm like Lord, what on earth is this? Like, like, could you explain this to me? And he said, I am giving you my heart. Like, that was the first one. He was like, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a new heart. 
And as your heart hurts and as your heart relates and as your heart burns for the things that my heart burns for, then that'll cause you to go, hence the new foot. And he's like, that'll cause you to go. And as you walk, as you take steps of faith, that'll change the way that you think about me. It'll change the way that you see me. It'll change the way that you perceive me. And this, and so, so this, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is, I'm like, this is incredible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And I remember after that moment, there was this tangible burning in my chest for literally like two years. For two years, I had this burning in my heart, burning in my chest, knowing that I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit in fire. Like there was this, there was this love on the inside of me that I had for everybody, that I had for Jesus, that I had for the Lord and all of that. And so anyway, I say all of this, and, and my life has been radically different since then. Like, I come back home, you know, I'm all bug You know, like those people are like, you're all bug-eyed and all that stuff. Like, on fire, you know, and you know, when you get like a 19-year-old, like, just on fire for Jesus, they could just be the most annoying thing sometimes. But it's like, it's, like, it's, it's real, it's true, it's genuine. Because I'm coming home, I'm coming home all bug-eyed. I'm like, I'm like... Why haven't we ever talked about the Holy Spirit before? And, you know, like, I'm going to everybody. Can I pray for you? I go back to my classes at LCC, you know, like, every, and, you know, community colleges, like, there's not a lot of energy. And people are like, what on earth is wrong with this guy? Like, you know, I'm in my biology class looking at him like, like, do you know Jesus? You know, like, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just one of those those seasons, you know, I've, I've learned to, I've grown a little bit and matured a little bit over the years, but I'm still, you know, I still got a little bit of that. Um, but, but the, but the, but the point that I'm trying to say is that, that everything that we desire, that, uh, that the Lord is pleased to give more of himself in the Holy Spirit is that he will not deny his children more of himself when we ask and when we hunger for him. And so my question, and I'm going to invite uh, the elders, I don't know who is prepared to pray, um, but I'm going to invite you all up, is that is my question is, have you received? Are you filled and do you want more? Have you received? Are you filled and do you want more? And so I'm going to ask, uh, I don't know, Tom or Kevin or whoever, whoever's ready to, whoever's ready to pray. And if you, if, if you've, you know, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, great. Do you want more? Because there is more. If you haven't, have you received? Are you filled in all of these different questions? Because the Lord will not deny those who ask and hunger for more of him. Amen. 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 All right. So I'm going to invite you all to stand. And we're going to have uh, the elders here on the sides and up front that if this is something that you would like more of, if this is something that you're saying, I, I've never received before and I would like to receive, this is your moment. This is your opportunity to be a witness, a, po a power-filled, Holy Spirit-filled witness for Jesus. And then if you're saying, man, yeah, this has already happened to me, then there's, but there's more. There's more. There's always more in God, in the Holy Spirit. And so we want to respond in this instance. We want to respond in this moment. And so I'm going to ask the Lord to touch us this morning. And if you feel so inclined to come and you're saying, I'm hungering for more, then uh, Tom and Kevin here, they're ready to pray for you and pray with you. But I just want to take a moment 
just to ask the Lord to give us more, to give us more. We're a, a community of people. We love the Holy Spirit. We love him. And we want, we always want more of him. And so, and like I said, uh, you know, I, I don't know everything about the Holy Spirit. I don't know everything. But this is one thing that I do know, is that when I did have an encounter with him, my life changed. That's the one thing that I do know, is that when I encountered the power of the Holy Spirit, my life was radically different. My life was radically changed. And that can happen to us today, this morning. So, yes, Father, we come before you saying thank you for, your, for the work that you do, Lord, in releasing from of yourself the Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your ascension, Lord, that God is able to dwell in us, and that God is able to rest upon us for power, for ministry and witness, Lord. So I'm asking God in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would touch us this morning, that you would meet us this morning in power, in might, in glory. So yes, Lord, we're asking for more. We're hungering for more. So I'm asking God that you would meet us this morning. All consuming fire.